So far as the GA are concerned, in this matter, it's nothing to do with the individual teams. This is to do with the GAA protecting its own rules, protecting its own reputation. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. The other thing that uh, we need to talk about is you picked your Premier League. Uh, I, I, I don't know if we've time to fully do this justice. I was uh, picking last night. It didn't feel like the most exciting do, yeah. half team of the year as I was going through it. Uh, like so many players have underperformed as yeah. the leading teams this season. Uh, next week I might do a team of the season outside the top six where there's a bit of, you know... Real depth to it. Uh, so what I've gone with, what I've gone with then for my team of the year, uh, in goal, it's a tight decision. I've gone with Aaron Ramsdale ahead of Nick Pope, who Bruno Gramara said last night was the greatest goalkeeper in the world. Uh, Nick Pope has kept 10 clean sheets in a row now for Newcastle, 12 and 20 games. I just feel Ramsdale has been so important to Arsenal in terms of his quality as a goalkeeper, in terms of the saves he's made. But also just his attitude, like he, he's playing under a lot more pressure these last few weeks than Nick Pope is because I think Jonathan Wilson made a great point on, on Off the Ball on Monday night. Like there's an insanity around Arsenal at the moment that belies the fact we're only halfway through the season. Every game feels like a title decider. And even though you could question maybe his role in uh, the Lissandro Martinez goal on Sunday, I just think he has emerged as such a brilliant leader in that Arsenal team, I'm going to put him in slightly ahead of Nick Pope. And also, you can't just have an entire Newcastle backline, <laughs> which I very nearly could have. Okay, so your backline is Trippier, Shar, Saliba, Zinchenko. Mm, um, like, testament to what Eddie Howe has done. Like, you know, Kieran Trippier is at 32 and he's playing the best football of his life right now. Uh, he contributes as good as any attacking right back in the league you know his level of assists his involvement in their attacking play but he's also just a bloody brilliant defender as well and has arguably been their best player so far this season so I think Trippier is nailed on at centre back uh, Fabian Schaar I have just in ahead of Sven Botman as a Newcastle defender I think Schaar probably adds a bit more in what Newcastle try and do attacking wise brings the ball out of defence very well but their defensive record is just insane if you take away that game against Sheffield Wednesday in the Cup where they conceded a couple of late goals, like to, to not concede a goal in 10 straight games is is as good as you will get from a defence at the very highest level. So I think Shar has been brilliant this season. Uh, William Saliba, just ahead of Gabriel on the Arsenal side, like they must be thinking, why didn't we bring this guy back sooner? Uh, considering all the defensive problems they've had over the last couple of years, uh, looks absolutely top drawer. So Saliba, the other contenders... Maybe Akanji has been the pick of the Manchester City defenders, but standards have been set so high at City over the last couple of years. I don't think they've got anywhere near that. Uh, Left-back was a difficult one in that there hasn't really been an outstanding left-back so far this season. Zinchenko's only played 11, 12 games for Arsenal, but every time he does play, and he's on that Cancelo, obviously coming from Manchester City, but you are watching him on Sunday. Those positions he picks up, like the bravery to move into midfield, the trust he plays is in his teammates, and the bit of leadership he seems to bring as well to the Manchester City side. Has he played enough games to get in the team? Yeah, I think so. Like Dan Byrne has been very, very good for Newcastle as well. It's hard to get your head around a yeah. six foot seven inch left back been able to do what he does. Uh, Luke Shaw would have been close. Ooh. There's definitely a little bit of this with one or two of them. Of I'm worried. I probably 
was a bit of recency bias. No, there was a bit of recency bias uh, in it. In that, you know, some of these players have been brilliant since the World Cup. And you kind of forget the World Cup feels like a season ago (laughs) rather than actually uh, this season. But again, away from that, I don't think there was any really outstanding contenders for for left-back. So I think Zinchenko's probably been the most important left-back so far this season. Yeah, Midfield. Rodri and Casemiro in the middle of midfield. That'd be a bloody good midfield in, that, uh, in reality. Uh, Rodri, aside from Erling Haaland, I think has been City's best player this season. They've had a real struggle in midfield in that Gundogan, uh, Bernardo Silva. None of these guys have consistently got to the level, but I think Rodri has been outstanding in every game I've seen him so far this season. Um, you know, Obviously, the criticism will be maybe he keeps it a bit too simple at times, but I think he knows his role inside out. He helps protect the defence, and he just lets the better players do it. The fact they haven't done it isn't really his issue. Uh, like Casemiro, the improvement that he has brought about in Manchester United. I do think there's a little bit of... They were so bad for so long in the middle of the field, and there was such a frustration and anger towards McTominay and Fred. Like Every 40-yard ball that Casemiro now plays is... Has any midfielder ever done anything like this in the history of football? Expectations were so low around that position. But again, his importance to changing the attitude of the team. And his absence at the weekend was keenly felt. And that's the bit where, you know, we always get accused of, oh, X player in his absence has become world class. And we're particularly bad at it here in Ireland. But in this instance, uh, it only served to further highlight. Uh, it's not just this what guy he, pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's not just what he does. It's what he allows other players to do. He's given Bruno a bit of freedom and Ericsson a bit of freedom to, to play. You could see the game passing Ericsson by at the weekend because Casemiro wasn't there. I think it's 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 not just freedom; it's confidence that mm. uh, they know that they're going to get this ball back in exactly the format that they wanted at the right pace and in the right area and going in the right direction, as opposed to previously where somebody would have taken an extra couple of touches yeah. and they would have shuffled away and all of a sudden it's back at the centre back and you're like. What are we doing here, lads? Well, there was a nervousness around Fred and McTominay when they would get on the ball in that spot 10 yards outside their area as to what they would do. And understandably, because they would give it away too often, whereas with Casemiro, you trust him that when he gets it, he's going to hold on to it. It would have been fascinating to see what would have happened if he was there. You know, I was commentating on United a couple of weeks ago in the game against Bournemouth, which they won easily, but Bournemouth had sort of six, seven chances in the second half. And I was with Kenny Cunningham, and he was making the point that, yes, Casemiro is very good at what he does, but they are totally overrun in midfield, that a team that has energy, like Arsenal, can get at Ericsson and Casemiro as good as he is, because he just can't cover the amount of ground that he needs to. So, is it... They probably need somebody else still in there alongside Who him. Who were the centre-backs that day? That game against... For, for United? Uh, it, Luke Shaw was back at left-back, so I'm going to go with... Was Lingard playing? It was uh, Lindelof and Maguire, actually, were the centre-backs that time. Lindelof, yeah. Uh, that night. So one I, time, the two of them back in. Yeah, I, so there is a bit of that, as the uncertainty that they bring in. And you, you see that every time Maguire... There's such a lack of trust amongst United fans, particularly at Old Trafford, that every time Maguire comes on the pitch, there's a... <gasps> And he seems to feel it, the team seems to feel it, and that nervousness just sort of trickles through absolutely everybody. It was such a stupid tackle against Crystal Palace. Like, that's the one thing with Casemiro, like, what was he thinking? I know. Like, he was yeah. looking not to be sent off. It was such a reckless challenge um, that he ends up costing his team, and now they need to try and go and regain a little bit of momentum again with just one point and six. But look, I think Casemiro's nailed on for the team. Uh, the three in front of them... Saka, Odegaard, Rashford. Rashford is probably the one where it feels like there's a bit of recency bias. Like, what Miguel Almiron did before the World Cup, 
is that better than what Rashford has done since the World Cup? You could definitely make an argument for it. I think Saka and Odegaard are absolutely nailed on. Like you know, both up in seven, eight goals this season. Saka's performance uh, on Sunday against Manchester United, uh, I just think, brought him to a whole other level. Uh, Odegaard, as the captain, the control he's showing in games, again contributing with goals over the last few weeks. I certainly didn't see either of these two getting to this level this season mm, this soon. for this Arsenal team. Yeah. Uh, slightly under uh, well, not, uh, pre, pre-Christmas pre-World Cup I was like oh they should cash in Rashford now this four months back I've changed my mind on that it's uh, fair to say that I've, I've come no he has to keep doing it so he's got what nine Premier League goals so let me, like, let, me, let, me finish, a- let me finish my point <laughs> so uh, but in the papers today Ten Hag is like mm. trying to woo him to sign that's a power shift please don't go to PSG yeah yeah. He, I, I think it looks repeatable though Nathan right it looks like well, it does like his, the goal he scored uh, at the weekend was top drawer but we probably thought it was repeatable and it would never stop and again the very very top players it does never stop so he needs to get to 20 goals what's his best 17 in the Premier League and we sort of thought that season when United were brilliant under Solskjaer he'd just kick on again didn't happen so bring this run to the end of the season get to 20 Premier League goals then sign your new contract and be the guy that they can rely on yeah. over the next couple of seasons he's not moving from within Shaw, he loves to fight, born to play in red and white. That's what the United yeah, fans do. There's, there's many a United fan who's had lots of great chance through the years. Who's, I um, imagine going to PSG, though. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're also going to PSG. He won't, though. He won't. You'd assume if he goes to PSG, he's going to replace Kylian Mbappe, which is mm. yeah, not the easiest task in the world. No, but if Mbappe leaves, the PSG fans will be desperate for somebody good to come and replace. So it is it is difficult, but equally you would be coming with a slightly different attitude where, you know, the manager still picks the team and the baggage uh, isn't there that Mbappe whenever he leaves will uh, will take with him. Um we are we are we making enough of Saka uh, again recency bias, but like if the World Cup was picked England pick their team now you'd be like oh my god these guys they're pretty good well, I think Zach has been you know at it right since <clears> the start <throat> of the season um, you know there's probably been he's been of the front three Martinelli again maybe he's just had a little dip over the last couple of weeks where he's the first guy to come off who's the footballer of the year uh, Erling Haaland is the footballer of the year definitely like he's, he's doing what we expected him to do in a team that dominates still all the games. Do it. Still got to do it. I understand you still have to do it, but what Saka is doing at 21 is like dragging Arsenal. Okay, not single-handedly, and it's not single-handedly at all. Possibly, like quite possibly, if if he's Arsenal in- end up winning the league by seven eight points and the decision is made, he's a young English player. Do you give him? But you know, no, it, Manchester take, City never take, win. They take, never get the Player of the league Season award when they deserve it. Take all that out, right? Take <clears throat> take all the like the how it'll vote. But like he, he's in the conversation by any sane metric. Absolutely, absolutely, and like that's the criticism and the struggle that Manchester City players have in this all of the time. That like they should win. Mm. They have the best team. They have the best depth. They have the best group of players. So for Saka to be the best player in a team that really shouldn't be anywhere near that level and to raise his game and to raise everyone around him's game, absolutely he should be in the in the running. But I think Odegaard as well, like in the middle, far more involved in the game at times, has to be in that mix. Okay. Like, you know, Odegaard, like he's such a brilliant story from the position he was in, from like, how many players are as talented as he has at 14, 15, making his international debut at 15 for Norway, go to Real Madrid, 
you're wondering if it'll work out. Mentioned, you know, he played in Dublin a few years ago for the Norway under 21s against Ireland, and you're sort of looking at him going, Jeez, what happened to this guy? He was that real saucy at the time. But to come to Ar- Arsenal, and now he's most certainly in contention for player of the season, for the best player, the best midfielder in the Premier League. Like, he's the best midfielder in the Premier League. Uh, up top, then, I've gone for the guy that has really just transformed football as we look at it. Evan uh, Erling Haaland got in there. Oh, the nearly of, Evan Ferguson. Just ahead of uh, Evan Ferguson. Just oh, ahead of Evan Ferguson. Snuck him in. Uh, yeah, it's almost just become yeah, right. another hat trick. On we go with our lives. The expect- like, how will he ever live up to this next season? Well, just do it again. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 